It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It doesn't matter if you're playing 100, 200 cash, no limit hold'em, or $1, $2 cash, no limit. The victory of success is real. There's nothing else on the planet like playing poker, and winning poker is the most fun of all. If you play the lowest stakes, no limit hold'em at your local casino, this is the poker podcast for you. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Low Limit Cash Games Podcast. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Low Limit Cash Games Podcast. I really appreciate you coming along. Of course, we're all about the low limit, primarily in a live environment. Um, that's, a, that's what we do. That's what we talk about. Um... New episodes uh, on a pretty regular schedule every Sunday morning. So they they hit for uh, publishing around uh, 6 in the morning or something on Sunday. So uh, that's when you can look for them. We do intermittent episodes like we're doing this one when I have um, something I want to say or new things to talk about. So today's episode is both of these. One I'm going to be doing a hand history that was sent in to me by Josh, who actually uh, lives in the U.K., so we're going to be talking about a hand history. And um, I want to tell you that uh, we're doing a couple of things. One, due to a popular demand. I actually set to launch this January. I was going to launch it in January. But I had so much interest in it. And I had a couple of people who are very avid listeners give me comment and feedback on it. That we already have members. I think we have four or five members already. And I wasn't even intending to launch it. But it's a Patreon. Low Limit Cash Games Patreon. And if you want to check that out, you can go to lowlimitcashgames.com. Should take you straight there. If for some reason that doesn't work, you can just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash lowlimitcashgames. And uh, basically for the price of buying me a latte a month, you'll become a member of our little group over there. And so here's what I give to you. So you get all these... um, you get all the uh, episodes of the podcast that you get here normally. You get them over there, but you get them a week early, and you get them with no ads. So there's no commercials. Uh, in addition, you'll get an extra podcast every month. And in addition to that, you'll get at least one video uh, a month, which could be me breaking down hand histories that you submit as a patron member, or maybe a lot of hand histories. Uh, it could be me me playing uh, online, it could be me breaking down video of low limit cash gains of streams that you see uh, on YouTube. Uh, something that will be beneficial. Plus, you get to go to the front of the line if you have questions or hand histories or whatever. I take those from patrons first, so it's like a little upgrade because as many people asking me for coaching or asking me for uh, you know to go a step further than just a podcast, and I just don't have. I have no interest in a coaching site. I have really no interest in coaching people one-on-one or starting a business or any of that. So this is kind of like a meet in the middle. This is like me and you guys meeting in the middle saying, yeah, I'll go a little bit further. We'll build a little community. We'll be a little tight-knit members. You know, Rather than the uh, over a 1,000 people that download the podcast every month, I'm sure just a fraction will join the Patreon. So it'll be like a smaller more tight-knit community where we can back and forth and learn and grow together. So 
If you want to be a part of that, check it out. LowLimitCashGames.com should take you there. But if it doesn't, Patreon.com slash LowLimitCashGames. That's number one. Number two is that I am started a um, club over on Club GG. So this is an app. You can download it on your phone. Just go search Club GG. <clears throat> you may have to search Club GG Poker, but it's the letter together, GG. Club GG Poker. And then once you go download it and you give them your information to create an account or whatever, you're going to want to request to join the club. And the ID number for the club is 530050. 530050. 530050. So, look, I haven't added anybody to the club yet. I just started this club. I have zero experience with it. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm going to try. I actually play on another club on this site. But um, this will be just so members of people who listen to the podcast can come play poker with me um, for free. I'll give you free chips, but we're going to treat them like real chips and we're going to play our best. And so then probably what I'll do is um, for patrons, I'll probably actually record an hour or so of that session and I'll critique the hands of the people who are in that session. So if you're a patron, so you don't have to be a patron to join the club and come play. That, that's fine. Um, but if you're a patron, you'll actually get a video breakdown of probably at least an hour of us all playing together. The people I'm at the table with, I'm, I can critique each, so it'll be a great learning tool. And, um, if you're not a patron, then I may or may not pull a hand history out or something to use on the podcast. That I'm not sure about, but it'll be cool. It should be fun. And if treated the right way, we could actually learn from it. So... Uh, you'll want to search for club ID 530050 and request to join. And I theoretically, like I'm saying, this is new to me. I'm learning it. I'll, bear, I'll ask for patience. Um, we'll issue you some chips. And then I will uh, announce um, in an upcoming podcast when I'm going to have the first game. So I'll give you in a podcast the date and time for the game. It'll be first come, first serve for showing up and getting a table. And we'll play together or whatever. And then I may at just random times start games. So it'll just be a place that you can play. But it'll be free chips, so it won't be for money. So that's the second thing I wanted to talk about. Um, the third thing I wanted to talk about, the actual, I guess, content of um, today's episode, is we'll be talking about uh, a hand history that was sent in to me from Josh. Now, Josh was playing a... Um, low stakes uh, online cash game and I, I want to say he was playing five cent ten cent we're going to use big blinds um to make it more universal you should always think about things you do in terms of big blinds um how many blinds you have versus how many blinds they have um how much you raise versus how much they raise call etc etc it's helpful you don't have to do it but it's way more helpful to think about it in terms of, of big blinds so um Josh is playing six-handed. He's only going to plus one. He finds himself with pocket queens, heart and spade, pocket queens, and he raises it up to two and a half big blinds. It's pretty standard online in live, in live cash games, which is what we mostly talk about, and I understand this is a deviation, but um, I thought it was uh, maybe beneficial for both. Like I think this could theoretically apply to both games pretty equally. 
So he's he's only going to plus one. He, he raises two and a half big blinds. Now in a live game, you'd raise bigger. The raises are always bigger, but don't make them too much bigger. That's a trap you fall into. You don't just because everybody else at the one two table at your casino is raising to fifteen dollars preflop. You don't have to. You can make it you know somewhere in the seven dollar range. Six, seven, or eight dollars is fine. Yes, you'll get called a lot. You'll learn to play post flop. You'll become a better player than them, and you'll crush them. So just keep that in mind. So, um, under the gun plus two, then just calls. Horrible play, by the way. There's no hand when under the gun plus one raises that under the gun plus two should call. Uh, button fold, small button fold. Then the big blind actually uh, decides to make it eight, uh, actually nine blinds. So, a big a nine blind raise, which is actually isn't that huge. Um, considering you had a two and a half and then a flatter, you know, um... I'd probably, if it were me, I'd probably make it a ten and a half to twelve and a half, you know, blind raise. But nevertheless, and so now it's cause it comes back to us, the hero, undergoing plus one with the pocket queens. Now, if we just call, we're highly incentivizing this under the gun plus two person to call. And so now we're going to be surrounded. We're going to have an early early position player showing strength, a position after us flatting. And this is gonna make it's just gonna make the whole hand complicated. You just you simply cannot flat call with queens here. You just can't. You got to put in the four bet, um, and of course uh, we do. And um, we don't go quite as big here because I don't think you need to go quite as big to make this flatter fold. But you definitely want them to fold. So we basically just two point five amount of the of the uh, re raise from the uh, big blind. So. Um, all this being said, when we finally arrive at a flop, we have about 16 big blinds in the middle, right? 16 big blinds. Um, the flop is six of diamonds, deuce of diamonds, deuce of spades. Now, here's some things we should think about right off the bat that we know for certain, almost 100% for certain here. And that is that when we raise and we get three bet by the big blind, and then we four bet, and then the big blind flat calls us, we know 95% of the time plus, it may be 97, 98, 99, it's a very high percentage of the time, near certainty, they do not have aces and they do not have kings. So what hands do they have that play this way? Ace-King, obviously. They could have some Ace-Queens, although I would say, you know, it's not a great call with Ace-Queen because you're out of position. If you're the big blind, um, the rest of the hand, you're out of position to me. So, you know, if you're playing well, you should never be calling that four bet with Ace-Queen off. Ace-Queen suited, though, some of the times could play there. So maybe some Ace-Queen suited, but Ace-King for sure. Ace-Queen suits, but we block some Ace-Queens, right? We have two Queens in our hand. So that even further reduces the possibility they have Ace-Queen. Not impossible, but reduces it. Um, since we also have Queens, it's not likely they have Queens. There's just one other pair of pot Queens left, but it is one. It's possible. But whatever, it's kind of irrelevant for us because that's a chop, so it doesn't matter. We want chance we chop with the fold, so we'll just ignore Queens. I would. Um, that leaves Jacks. 
it leaves tens, maybe nines, uh, maybe eights. I mean, you're getting down there. It kind of depends a lot on the player at that point. Hopefully, you know something about them. So that's the information we have had in, hidden in this flop. The flop comes six deuce deuce with two diamonds. Six deuce deuce with two diamonds, and the big blind checks it as they should. Um, in this particular case, the hero decides to check back. So I would say you should never check back here and you should check big here. Why Why should we never check back here and why should we bet big here? Because I find uh, th this player decided to check. Hero decided to check here, but I find in this spot I see a lot of people betting small here too because they want to get called by bad hands. And I would suggest you that is not the way to play this hand. So, one, you're vulnerable to ace and a king coming on the turn of the river. So, while we're not going to just be terrified of that and try to get somebody to fold right now, we want to charge them money. We want to get paid interest on them drawing at those hands, right? Also, if they have an ace or a king, a six-deuce-deuce deuce flop is a great hand for ace-king to continue. Because they're not going to bleed. They're going to think we have a bunch of ace-king, ace-queen stuff too, right? So they're going to call. Most anybody with ace-king is calling here. So you want to get a lot of money from them. So I'm going to bet 66, 70, 75% pot here. Nevertheless, hero checks. So it goes check, check on the flop. The turn comes at eight of clubs. So now the board is six, deuce, deuce, eight, two diamonds. Six, deuce, deuce, eight, two diamonds. Again, it's just a raggedy flop. There's nothing good about it. Big blind villain checks to us again, and our hero at this point decides to bet one-third pot. Um, at this point, I would say I would try to go at least half pot because, again, I still think you get ace-king to call you a lot. Obviously, jacks, who I think would have probably... You would think jacks would have let out on the on the turns since it went check-check. Tens may have may have let out on the turn since it went check check, but not always. It, you know, just again, it just depends on the player. I, you know, it's fifty fifty ish or something. But he bets third pot. I don't think it's horrible, but I still think you should be betting bigger because I still think you're going to get Ace King to call you sometimes. You definitely get called by jacks. You get called by tens. You get called by nines. You know, all these hands that aren't on a fold that you have crushed. You really need to get some value from them. Plus, you missed value on the flop. You know, this really kind of is a three-street value proposition, and now you're only getting two streets out of it because you checked the first street. So now you've got to try to get all that money. Remember, it, it's hard to get queens. You only get them like one out of every 121 hand, or one out of 221 hands. So when you get them, make money with them. But he bets third. I mean, it's not the worst thing ever, but it's, it's by far not the best thing ever. And the... Um, uh, button just or uh, big blind just calls. So when we head to the river, we're now looking at um, like a 26, 27 big blind pot. And the river is a 10 of hearts. So the board is now 6, deuce, deuce, 8, 10. And it's rainbow. No flushes. The diamond on the flop flushed it. Flush draw did not come in. I wouldn't expect they would have a flush draw because they would have probably bet it at some point, if not on the flop, at least on the turn. But it, it's irrelevant because it doesn't come in. And so the 10 comes in. So now what are we beating on the river? On the river, 
We're still beating ace-king. We're still beating jacks. We're no longer beating tens. And we're beating nines. Uh, nines, again, depends on the player. We'll give them nines. We could, you know, you could even give them eights, too. It just really depends a lot on the player. But I think in a reasonable strength versus strength versus strength. You get, you got to go back to preflop, man. When the when the pot size is escalating and it's strength versus strength versus strength, um, you know, people chunk the eights and nines a lot. A lot of people will chunk tens, but I think tens is probably the floor. So what are we beating now? We're beating ace-king. So if we bet again on the river and we bet heartily, if it's checked to us, and we haven't seen any action yet, but if it's checked to us, and we bet a hearty bet on the river now, I don't think ace-king calls at this point. Um... You know, a big bet. I'm talking like 75% pot or something, which is, you know, you want to get value. Uh, what does call you is jacks. So jacks you're ahead of would still call you. Tens you lose to. And if we want to give them nines, nines you beat. So, um, you know, in terms of sheer combinations, there's a lot more combinations that you beat um, if you don't know what their action is, right? In other words, if you bet, but you don't know where they're at, you don't know if they fold or call. But if you bet and they call, the number of combinations that you beat is jacks and tens, really. Um, it's going to be six versus three. It's two to one. Um, you know, how big can you bet there? How big should you bet there? These are things you should be thinking about. Nevertheless, uh, Hero does not get a chance to bet because now the big blind leads out. And he leads out for one-third pot. Um, one-third pot, it depends on your player. But for a lot of players, a one-third pot is a blocker bet. It's a, well, I have ace-king. I really don't think you have anything either. And if you do have ace-king, I might get you to fold. Because the way the hand plays out, the hero has not shown that much strength at all. He really could have an ace-king hand, really, the way it played out. So this could be a blocker bet. For other players, this is going to be, uh, I'm begging you to call me bet. Um, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird spot. Now, I don't know anything about the player. I haven't been playing the hand, so I don't have any of those dynamics. I'm just saying those are the two dynamics that you're kind of looking at. When you have pocket queens here, um, you have one or two ways uh, to look at it. And one is that if it's the strong bet, I mean, you're crushed, but it's such a small percentage of the pot. When it's one third of the pot, you only have to be right 25% of the time. In other words, for you to break even um, in this pot and not lose any money in this pot on average over time, you only need to be right one out of four times, 25%. So... Um, you really can't fold your queens here, right? When he bets one third pot. Can you raise him? Um, you can. You could certainly raise. Um, I think against most small stakes players here, I probably would just call because I do think pocket tens are a lot of the range. I would even say with some players, if they're capable of making that preflop call with eights, eights are part of the range too. Um, we're kind of discounting that. Uh, no player is betting nines here, so they don't have nines. They could be betting jacks, and they could be betting ace-king to try to get you to fold a um, chop. 
again, that's going to go back to the player. How aggressive are they? Some players are just happy to uh, check check their ace king here and hope to win at showdown. So again, it's, you really need as much as you can know about your player, the better. But just from a pure mathematical standpoint, you can never fold your queens here. You are behind part of the time. Uh, our hero does decide to call, and um, villain has pocket tens. Hit a set of tens on the river. So, Hero, who emailed me, Josh, wanted to know how good or horrible this play was. And so I would say this, uh, the worst thing that happened in this hand, I think everything else, well, once you get past the flop, everything would be different if we played the flop difference. You can't really evaluate that all that much. Obviously, your pre-flop play is fine. Um, you have to bet big on the flop. And I think if you make that decision, every other decision becomes easier. And you need to bet big on the flop. So let's go back to what we said about the flop, right? What hands call your four bet out of position pre-flop? Remember that. They're, they have to act out of position. And even the worst players, when the pot gets big, when there's a lot of action pre-flop, and it's like raise, re-raise, 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 or whatever... Even the worst players will be like, wow, I'm out of position. I got pocket sevens here. I got, I got pocket nines here or whatever. Oh, this is bad. I mean, they're just not going to continue without, like I said, ace-king they'll continue with. Uh, obviously, pocket queens, pocket jacks, pocket tens. Um, you know, ace-queen, I think, is highly suspect. I just don't think they continue with ace-queen a lot. Ace-jack, they for sure I don't think continue with a lot. You're very worst of the worst players, maybe, right? The worst of the worst. But any kind of reasonable player. So what do they have on this flop? you got to think about it. What do they have on this flop? And will it, on average, call a lot of money? And on average, I think it will. On a six-deuce-deuce flop, ace-king is not folding here. I just don't think ace-king folds. Some players may fold it. Some players may be the ace-king. I don't hit, I fold players. But this flop is so bad. It's such a horrible flop for any overcards. You know, unless you have ace-king of diamonds or king-queen of diamonds or something like that pretty exclusively, which is kind of only diamonds you could have with this much action pre. Uh, you're, you're, you're just not in great shape. You know, still have a good hand, right? Otherwise, you got to have the pocket pairs. So there's a lot more combinations of um, ace king, ace queen, or whatever that could get crazy here um, as a player in position. Whereas a player out of position can't get quite as crazy, right? They're hampered by position. Um, so take that into to account, and then also take into account that you know that you just know they just never have pocket aces or kings here. They're five betting you with aces and kings. Occasionally, you know what? Let's, you know, we'll give them a percentage or two at the time. Maybe as high as five percent of the time. Maybe they have aces or kings, but not hardly. So you have the best hand, and they have a lot of hands that will call, right? If they have the other pair of pocket queens, just one combo, but they could have them. They're calling. They have jacks. They're calling. They have tens. They're calling. And if they have ace king, they're probably calling. Let's say they have ace king, but the ace of diamonds. They're calling. There's two diamonds on the flop. They're for sure calling. Let's say they have uh, ace-king with the king of diamonds. They're for sure calling. 100% they're calling. So 
not only does any ace king I think call here, but for sure um, all the ace and think about how many combos that is. So it's one ace of diamonds, but then you got four uh, kings, right? So that's four combos, and then you have four aces with the king of diamonds. So that's eight combos right there that are eight that are hundred percent calling you because they have the diamond. Um, so you got to bet big here, right? And I think once you bet big, once you do get called, you've narrowed the range down a lot, right? They for sure probably still don't have aces or kings. They may have ace-king. They may have queens with you, maybe. Um, they have jacks. They have, you know, probably have tens. Um, nevertheless, I think it makes your decision much easier on the turn when you fire again. When the turn comes in eight, you know, raggedy eight on the turn, and they check back to you, you're firing big again. They're the one that has to decide. Now, you fire big flop, fire big turn. A lot of people are folding pocket tens. Would this player have folded the pocket tens? I don't know. It's irrelevant. This is where you get into outcome-based thinking, where it's like, man, I actually saved myself a lot of money by checking. And a lot of players will do this, too. Like, man, I saved myself so much money by checking the flop and only betting one-third on the turn. Because I called his bet on the river, he wound up winning. I lost the minimum amount there. Well, you lost the minimum amount in that hand, right? In that one, in this one single hand that you played, you lost the minimum amount. But let's say over the course of the year, you're in this exact same spot 100 times. And so 100 times when you get to the turn and the eight comes, your opponent has two outs. They're 5%. They're 5%. So 95% of the time, you're going to win this big pot that you've built by betting huge on the flop and huge on the turn. 95 out of the 100 times, you're going to win this huge pot. Only 5 out of the 100 times are you going to lose the huge pot. And so I go back to how this... When, you hear a lot of players say you can't be outcome-oriented. You, um, you can't let your decisions be affected by what the outcome of the hand was. And, and almost all poker players have heard that, but they don't understand why. Like, they've heard it, and they'll even believe it, but they don't understand why you can't be um, outcome-based in your thinking. And the reason is, is because you're thinking about the outcome of one hand rather than thinking about the outcome of all the spots like this that you'll be in this year or the, or in your lifetime, right? I don't know how many hands you have to play, for pocket queens under the gun plus one to come up against pocket tens in the big blind and it play out like this. But if you play long enough, it will surely present itself lots of times. And it doesn't even have to be this exact hand. There's other hands that are so similar, right? Uh, kings versus jacks would be very similar here. Would play almost identically. So... Uh, so you take the same board or very similar board. It doesn't have to be six deuce deuce. It could be um, seven deuce deuce. It could be eight deuce deuce. It could be eight three three. So when you start adding all them combinations of hands that it that aren't this exact hand but are essentially for all intents and purposes this exact same hand, how many times you will encounter those over the next year or over the next five years or over the course of your lifetime? How much money you're losing by not playing them correctly? Because in this one hand, you're like, I lost the minimum. Well, congratulations, you lost the minimum. But in all the other times it'll come up playing it the same way, you will win the very minimum. Whereas if you play this hand correctly over the course of your lifetime, you're going to win the maximum 95% of the time if you bet flop and turn correctly. 
And then when that, you know, five percenter comes on the river, yes, you'll lose a big pot, but you'll lose it five out of 100 times. And you'll win a monster pot. Um, let's say let's say this river uh, comes a nine here. Now, that's kind of scary because there's six, eight, nine on board. But let's say the river comes a deuce. Let's say the river comes a three. Let's say, um, boy, six, probably even a six. It's just so unlikely for you for you as the hero to have a six here. There's just so many cards that come where he pays off your river bet too. Not every time, but a large percentage of the time. You know, can he fold there with jacks? Can he fold with tens? When a deuce comes on the river and he's got a full house, deuce is full of tens. And, you know, you could still have ace-king. You could still have ace-queen. You could have, for sure, ace-king, ace-queen of diamonds with fire. Maybe you got crazy with some kind of jack-ten of diamonds. It could happen sometimes as the aggressor in position. So, I mean, you just get paid even more on the river a lot. Of, a lot of times on the river they'll fold. But it doesn't matter. You built such a pot on the turn, by the turn, that it doesn't matter if they fold the river. So, I hope this understands that you, you're, you know, how you know, basing your decisions about losing the minimum and only thinking about one hand rather than thinking about poker as being a long string of hands in similar positions. Hey, thanks for listening today. So I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, remind you of a couple of things. We do have the Patreon. I'd love for you to join us over there. I'm, I have been um, just really pounding out ideas of great new things I can put up over there. We have some content up already. A lot of great content is scheduled uh, to show up over there in the in the coming weeks, uh, we should be full bore into it hardcore easily by the time New Year gets here. And then also a reminder to uh, if you want to play on some uh, free games with us on the app and uh, potentially have your hands reviewed, play at a table with me. You want to download that Club GG Poker app, Club GG, and then um, uh, go find uh, club number 530050530050 and request to be added. We'll try to get you added and we'll let you know when um, some upcoming sessions are coming. All right. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.